Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be in the world. I am Silver Suspiria. I am from the Federation Uprising, and this is the Talking Station's Midweek Show. I'm by myself today, but uh, the guest tonight off camera is Ma- Martin Lockhart. He's the CEO of Lockhart Trading Company uh, with Hardly Competent. How's it going, Martin? Going pretty well. How are you? I'm fabulous. Trying to get through this uh, crazy time that we're in. Uh, I am in New York, so under hardcore lockdown. Um, I think things over by you are a little bit lighter, yeah? Uh, they have been, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, people down here aren't uh, probably haven't taken it quite as seriously where I'm at uh, uh, Central U.S., but um, yeah, that we're slowly starting to kind of reopen uh, stores and businesses and things like that. It's, But yeah, it's definitely not been as hardcore as New York. Yeah, well, that's good, I, and I hope things seem to be turning around a little bit, but we're here to talk about EVE Online and your group. Why don't you give us some history, uh, Martin, about how long have you been playing, where did you get your start, what gives you the, the EVE chills? For sure, yeah. So uh, I actually started in 2006, uh, a little while back. Uh, this is a newer character, uh, but it's my main at this point. I've sold off my others over the years. Uh, so I started out as... Uh, well, I tried to be a high sec pirate, uh, but ransoming people in high sec didn't go too well. As I very quickly found out, Concord came and killed me. And uh, after that, someone took me under their wing and kind of showed me a little bit more about, you know, what kind of PvP you could do. Uh, started doing more kind of small scale stuff, uh, actually anti-pirate at one point over in Minbatar space with a uh, really cool corporation called Defenders of Order that they've since uh, kind of shut down a long time ago. And, uh, but yeah, I did that for a while, kind of played on and off for several years. This time around has actually been my most dedicated time playing. And that started about, uh, around the war changes, just before the war changes went through early that year. That's, uh, that's really when I really started back on Eve and have stayed very involved. Gotcha. That person that took you under uh, their wing, are they still playing? I was like this. Not that I know of. Yeah. I haven't been able to find them, uh, since I came back. Yeah, it's so interesting how people come and go and those people that uh, get you your first start. I was just talking to the person who I first flew under any fleet. Um, he's long since not been playing, but he was streaming WoW the other day. So I like to like try and catch up on uh, on people like that if I can. No, that's awesome. I uh, Yeah, I ran into that kind of one of those corporations that I, the Defenders of Order, I actually ran into a guy from there who actually is still playing on and off. Uh, so it was really good to be able to kind of reconnect with him for the first time, you know, in like, you know, seven, eight years or more. Pretty cool. Yeah, that guy I'm talking about is Biohazard. You can find him on Twitch. Uh, he did a lot of work with um, EVNT and a lot of technical work with streaming and stuff. So he's a good dude. Okay, nice. But, um, well, okay, so how did you wind up? Uh, did you create Lockhart Trading Company? I assume you did. I did. Yeah. It, originally I created it as, um, I, I created it as kind of a holding court for my alts. And then uh, a few years ago during the the playthrough before this one, I'd kind of tried to start it up. We got war decked kind of crushed under that. Everyone, you know, just kind of disbanded and went their own ways. Uh, and I became inactive and had to focus on real life for a while. Um, this most recent time I started back again, just kind of using it as a corporation for my alts initially. And, uh, you know, then I kind of, looked at everything. I saw the war changes starting to come through and I was like, well, this may actually be an opportunity to restart something. So uh, that's where I, uh, well, as soon as those went through, I had a bunch of stuff planned and ready to go, a little recruitment video ready to post. Uh, and then as soon as those war changes went through, I started to make use of them. So 
Okay, so you started in high sec and right? Is that what you're talking about? The yes. Vortex changes yep. came through, yep. and you were like, "Oh yeah, that's going to fix a lot of broken stuff," as a lot of people did, I think, and and came back. Yes. What led you to hardly competent? So hardly competence uh, was actually it started out as a an alliance called Black Card Syndicate, and uh, I formed that with another group called uh, Blacklight Operations. So it was supposed to be kind of like a mix of our of our two names. Uh, we grew, uh, took in other corporations like Meteor Industrial and some others. Um, we we grew. We eventually got pushed into low sec, uh, and we had to kind of you know fight our way to survive there for a bit. Had a little tangle with snuffed out, and uh, we eventually ended up changing our name to Hardly Competent after uh, that tangle with snuffed out not going super well in our favor. So we just kind of you know. Uh, owned the failure and then just took it and decided let's turn this into something we can use. So you know, failure into success is a really, really core part of what we do. Uh, and so, yeah, hardly competent came out of that. Um, I'm one of the uh, leaders and founders of that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really step foot into low sec without getting some experience with snuffed out. Um, so no, for sure, that that follows through with most people's experiences. But uh, tell me a little bit about. When you, when you say you got pushed out, you got pushed out of high sec. Uh, yes. how, did, how did that happen? It was a war deck. It was, it was fantastic. So, so we had like lots of moon mining structures up. And of course, you know, uh, even with the war deck changes, of course, those can be destroyed. And because people can declare war on your holding corp, that's fine. Uh, well, the corporation that declared war on us, uh, they were called black heart syndicate. They're a wormhole corporation, very small, uh, but they got their alliance involved as well. And they were basically like, we don't like that you have our name. Uh, and so we're going to declare war on you. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I turned them down multiple times. I was like, well, you know, mechanically speaking, you know, corporation's a corporation, an alliance is an alliance. You know, there's not really that much confusion. Uh, they they kind of tried to create a lot of drama around it and eventually declared war. Um, at the time, we were like pure industry. We had almost no PVP experience. Uh, you know, a few of us, few individuals had PVP experience. But just as an alliance, we had almost none. Uh, so we ended up, we tried to fight. We actually had some friends come and help us. The uh, war deck uh, mechanics at the time managed where we couldn't re uh, like remote rep each other in different fleets, or not in different fleets, sorry. When uh, our allies came to assist us, we couldn't remote rep each other without getting concorded. And um, so that was uh, a really fascinating experience. We ended up getting pushed out. And that's, yeah, that's how we ended up in low sec in the first place. Yeah, that high sec war deck mechanic has come a long way, but uh, you know, recent—not recently, a few months ago—Fed Up got into a bit of a high sec scuffle in a war deck, and we experienced the same problem. Right? We couldn't rep, you know, allies, even though they were co-war decked, and it was just—I think that needs a little bit more working out. Like, you should be part of Eve is to be able to, you know, formulate your friends and and like work together. So I think that part's still a little broken. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I know, you know, that came out of fixing the neutral rep issue, which that was a big problem and that needs to be fixed. But yeah, you know, yeah, there definitely needs to be a way for people who are allied with you in the same war to actually form a cohesive fleet together. Yeah, I get uh, the reasons why maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea either. But um, hopefully the that continues to be iterated on because I think it's an important part of how uh, Eve works. Um but so that war deck didn't go well for you. You wind up in low sec. Where where in low sec did you first go? We were over in the Sagain pocket for a while, over in uh, Tashmarkin. Tashmarkin, okay. And you got into a scuffle with Snuff, and then you reformed a. I guess it's a coalition. There are other alliances in hardly competent. 
Uh, no, so hardly competent is is the alliance, uh, you know, with different corporations. Uh, now, Kairos Initiative, that's our coalition. And uh, we formed that a bit later. So after we moved out from Sagain, we moved over to the Gatamom area, uh, you know, still still Tashmarkin, uh, I believe. And, um, or bit domain, sorry, it's, it's right around there, very close together. And um, yeah, we formed uh, the Kairos Initiative with Deep Space Alliance. And shortly after that, we moved over to, uh, you know, the, area that we're in now near probably yeah okay so transition to uh you're now interacting or running into pravi holdings and losec and pravi pravi group long located mainly in the providence region of nullsec which is really just south of where you are right um Mm -hmm. they tend to be a hotbed for activity and content for a lot of people because they're sort of a large group they don't shy away from like tangling with people and it's sort of like a uh, fun group to mess with. I personally didn't know that they, you know, they've been under pressure and we'll get to this later and Nullsec from wrecking crew, but I guess uh, you guys have also been applying pressure to their holdings in low sec. So what do they have in low sec that you're so interested? Uh, so whenever we first moved, you know, to this low sec area, our mindset was okay. You know, we want to try to build something organized. We want to, you know, establish something of our own here. And one thing that we, of course, you know, had to come to terms with was you have to get funding, you know, for your for your goals, whether that's SRP, stations, whatever else. Now, you know, there were some R16 moons, R32 moons around. We could take those and mine those, but the amount of time invested in mining those, you know, uh, you know, for funding or, you know, doing other things for funding was just taking so much time it was very difficult, really, to get anywhere with that. Um, now, there are a few R64 moons, you know, in the low-sec area that we're in. And uh, at the time, you know, probably Block actually held a good chunk of those. Uh, and so that's actually, you know, that's what we saw as a good opportunity for us to be able to secure funding for ourselves. Probably Block is, of course, a much larger, you know, null-sec group. They have plenty of offerings that they already have control over, of, you know. And so for us, it was just kind of like, well... They don't necessarily really need these low sec moons. It's not like they're that great compared to null sec anyway. Uh, so let's try to take these and you know try to go for some of this area and let's try to kind of claim it for ourselves. So that's how we ended up over here and started uh, hitting some of the stations in the area. Interesting. So then, what what's the the fighting like? I got some some battle reports. Are any of these uh, moon fights like a battle in Gataman? Gatamom, so those are some from whenever we were first beginning to form the coalition. Uh, that's when we were grouping up, fighting off like White Sky and stuff. This was just around the time that uh, Shoot First was starting to collapse, uh, right around that time. Mm. Uh, so okay. yeah, because we were we were a little bit involved with them and with their war against White Sky. Uh, just you know, it was a good content opportunity, good chance for us, for my alliance, to really start to learn PvP and do more with that. And it was good for that. But yeah, that's that's what the one that you're looking at there from Gatamom. Uh, let's see. I think there should be a battle report from maybe Valmu. Let me take a look and see. Yeah, there's one from Valmu. Yeah, okay, this one, yep. Yeah, now that one was over an R64. And I believe that one was over either a whole timer or that was where we were putting up a moon. So we did successfully kill it. Um, so one thing that kind of kept happening, you asked about how the fighting is. So what we would find especially at the, you know, initially, we would form up maybe 15 to 20 guys, you know, to go hit a station. And uh, probably would respond with about 60 guys, you know, or so. 
to put us down after we got to an armor timer or a hold timer. And so what we would end up doing is we would always try to, you know, only hit the timers. Well, not only, but we would all, we try to hit almost every timer, but we found that we could really only hit the timers that were just outside of Provi's main time zone. So we started to really kind of focus on those. We actually were able to kill a few extra stations, you know, just doing basically cleanup in the area. Uh, R-64s were always much better defended. Probably would form up at almost every time, you know, to defend those, understandably. Uh, but we were, you know, constantly well outnumbered, three to one, four to one, on our, on our regular occurrence. And uh, it was also around this time that, like, Care Factor would just start bridging guys in to like drop on our orcas that were mining or, you know, probably would come in and blob our guys. So it, there was this kind of, you know, tension that kept escalating uh, as we were operating the area and they decided to take advantage of it and start attacking us. So uh, what we, you know, ended up doing was we uh, talked with Wrecking Crew, who of course have been very involved in Nullsec. And, you know, I think they, they enjoy looking for content to hop in on. Uh, so we were able to say, hey, look, you know, we have an R64 timer here if you'd like to be involved. And uh, in this case, they did. So we ended up being able to actually take an R64 moon for ourselves and put it up and, you know, help with some of our funding and our goals. So, yeah, uh, Wrecking Crews certainly did show up. Uh, a lot of supers here. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm assuming that probably maybe did not expect uh, Wrecking Crew supers. Like, so I don't know what happened here, but this looked like they dropped dreads on you and then Wrecking Crew supered them from a distance. Yeah, yeah. This was a. It ended up becoming a larger battle. <laughs> I mean, it escalated quick. Um, I was actually there for this one, and uh, yeah. So we formed up to fight. Um, probably did escalate, you know, very quickly, and uh, and then wrecking crew. Yeah, they counter escalated quite heavily. But yeah, so yeah. We, we've kind of continued, you know, to try to push for you know more in uh, in low sec. We were able to take a few more R sixty fours which has, you know, been very, very helpful for us. We can actually start functioning a little bit better as a group. Uh, and we've, we've enjoyed that. You know, the, the content has been good. Um, we enjoy doing like little roams and stuff into Pravi as well. Uh, our coalition actually managed to take a small little foothold system in Pravi. I think, uh, I think Pravi Block actually made uh, a Reddit post about it not that long ago, you know, talking about how it's not a very strategic uh, system, you know, but it is fun to have just as a little null sake base. So. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what system was that? Uh, XTACR. Uh, Wrath owns it. They they work with us a lot. Okay. They're they're also one of the smaller alliances in the area with us in deep space. And I see uh, I also have a battle uh, report from BTACW, which uh, I believe some of my guys were even in. You guys were were in this fight as well? Yes, yeah. I believe I believe I was there for that one too. Uh yeah, that was one where it was just kind of like, hey, here's a here's a little content opportunity. Um I mean, obviously, it ended up being a much, it ended up being a pretty big content opportunity. Uh, but yeah, so we were able to come up here for that and just uh, really just kind of participate and see what big fleet stuff's like. Most of the people in my alliance, you know, they haven't done massive fleet combat before or dealt with tie dye or anything like that. So uh, this this was a fun opportunity. Yeah, and Wrecking Crew uh, is sort of exploding at the moment. It's like one of those um, hot groups at the moment. Ever since uh, Sadal went over from Test, I think, over to uh, be part of the Wrecking Crew Coalition. It's a coalition of a bunch of different alliances. Um, and they're growing pretty huge, pretty fast. So uh, are you going to continue to work with them? And uh, sort of, uh, what's your plans for NullSec? Are you going to maybe help them? Because they've been pressing Pravi Block's null holdings for, geez, a year, two years probably. 
Uh, it's sort of been this like slow burn fight for a long time. Like doesn't really get anywhere because their sobs are are kind of opposite time zones. Right, um, right. Wrecking Crew made a little bit of progress in Blackout because they were able to camp their ADMs down low enough where they can like strike in a few of those systems. But they've been kind of like deadlocked for a while. But with, for, with Wrecking Crew getting so big, they're becoming a bigger threat. So is there plans to continue to work with them or? I think we'll just kind of have to see how things end up. You know, uh, like I said, I think that they're they're very opportunistic whenever it comes to contents. Um, you know, I think we'll probably each provide each other extra content that we can jump into from time to time. But we'll just kind of have to see. Yeah. Uh, so Wrecking Crew, like if under Sadal's leadership, the you know Sadal will tell you it's all about um, fun per hour, right? So well, whatever it is <laughs> right, that, right. that gets some action at the moment is what they're going to do. Um, which is, is pretty neat. Um, but that solve conflict uh, could probably get you some, some good stuff because, you know, um, a lot of groups head that way anytime there's a timer. No, definitely. That's true. And I have noticed, you know, it does tend to heat up really, really quick whenever timers come up. Uh, I mean, that, you know, that one that we just looked at, that massive null timer where, you know, test was involved and I think uh, even pH, you know, it was it's pretty huge. So it gets interesting. I mean, I say it's huge. It's huge from my perspective. Uh, you know, we don't field a whole lot of people comparatively, but uh, it's interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, if it's a content uh, provider for you, then, then definitely stick with it. So you, you take some some moons for them in Losec. Have they uh, hit you back at all? Have they made any attempts to take them back? Uh, they have uh, to some degree. You know, we do, you know, we time zone tank them. Uh, so it does help. Uh, that's you know just how it works, unfortunately, in some ways. Uh, but yeah, oh, yeah so, put them in the U.S. time zone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, and that does help some. But uh, yeah, they have actually. So most recently, and I shared with you just that little kill mail. Uh, most recently, they decided, hey, you know, we're we're tired of being harassed. They actually stopped uh, mining in low sec. They stopped pulling moons for a while. When they did pull moons, you know, we'd kill miners. Uh, several people, actually a few of them offered to sell off their assets to us, uh, like corporations that were in Pravi that were, had assets in low sec. So they were really starting to kind of, I think, at least in this area where we have so many people, you know, they were starting to feel the pressure uh, and weren't able to do a whole lot because we have people around all the time. So they most recently decided that they were going to, you know, kind of give us a taste of their own medicine, uh, of our own medicine, so to speak. They've started roaming through, you could see where I think it was, you know, 20 or 30 people on a covered or kill where they roamed over to uh, one of our low sec systems and they found a covered or kill that their 30 man fleet, they killed it and then I think went back up, went away for a bit. So they're starting to kind of roam through in larger fleets just to try to pick up some, some extra kills and content and be a little bit more oppressive in the area. Yeah, you mentioned... Um the Care Factor Alliance in in Pravi and the rumors have it that they're kind of coming apart and may parts of them may join Wrecking Crew. <laughs> so oh, really? May, okay, interesting. You may, you may be flying with uh, the Care Factor people shortly. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, uh, that's that's really interesting. I hadn't heard that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I, from from. Um, a few of the talks that I've had with them, I, they just seemed quite content to keep doing what they're doing. So that's interesting to hear. But yeah, they loved, uh, they, they bridged on top of us a few times. They would actually use proxies. Uh, there, there are some people with neutral alts who had come through, harass us regularly. And then if things got a little bit hot, they would bridge and, you know, Titan bridge over to us and 
try to deal some more damage. So uh, very interesting to kind of see how Provi Block likes to operate outside of their main area. It's really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, there's like uh, Provi's interesting group because they have like the core groups like you know Severance and, and those guys that kind of operate together. And but then like Care Factor was sort of like a uh, not obscure, but like an off branch a little bit of Provi and kind of operated on their own a little bit. And like so Provi's interesting the different culture bases that they have inside the bigger coalition right right i have a few friends who actually you know they were part of probably for a while most of it was a long time ago though um and uh you know they've, they've talked about it said it's a really it's a really unique kind of you know place unique kind of atmosphere um but i, I think that I, I don't know i think it's it's really interesting like what's happening to them politically and internally um yeah, even though that the information about care factors new to me, I have heard that there have been some tensions on the inside. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> care factors an interesting group. Like uh, they've been, I think they've been struggling for a little bit. You know, Fed Up took on a corp that came from Care Factor a little while ago, and I guess that didn't really go over well. So Care Factor decided to cloaky camp Fed Up staging uh, for a couple of days, stating and local they were only there to kill the corp that we took. <laughs> that didn't go over too well, considering legacy alliances have been fairly friendly and helpful to um, Pravi. So that caused a little bit of drama for them, probably with Pravi, because um, we just marched up there and started referring this stuff, and that didn't go over well with with Pravi. Um, so I don't know what's going on with Care Factor. I think they're just going to split up, and some of the groups will go one way or another. But I heard um, some of them are going to Wrecking Crew. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a really interesting situation to see, you know, especially with how old CVA is. I mean, you know, CVA has been around in the game, uh, you know, of even longer than you know I, I've played, and um, it's so it's it's really interesting to see such a historic group, you know, involved in a larger conflict like this. This and since this is my you know this is my first time back in the game for a really you know long period and being heavily invested, um, I'm kind of getting to see all these different aspects of groups that I haven't gotten to see in the past. Yeah, it's great. So, so talk to me about what, what are the plans for Hardly Competent? What's what's your dream, your goal? What, where would you like to be in a, a few months to a year? So uh, our long-term goal as an alliance, actually, it has always been Sovnol. Uh, whenever we formed it, you know, we talked and we said, you know, all right, you know, what do we want to do? What does our big goal need to be? And, uh, you know, Sovnol came up and, you know, a higher level wormhole space came up and we agreed that, Sovnol seemed a bit more feasible at the time. Uh, I say feasible. You know, it's 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 a very difficult thing to try to achieve, especially if you're not going to try to go through a major block. Uh, but you know, it's um, it's still something we wanted to kind of push for a little bit more on our own. And enough of our guys didn't like wormholes <laughs> for for that to be the other option. You know, the better option. Um, so I, I would say, you know three to six months or so, I would really like to see our PVP force grow. We're trying to do more, you know, realms in, into Pravi uh, and, uh, you know, just get, you know, good practice. Now, of course, you know, when you have like 30 to 60 man fleets dropped on you uh, and you take, you know, a 10 to 15 man fleet, it's kind of hard to get that good practice in Pravi. But uh, that said, you know, it, it's still there. It's still experience. And so we're trying to kind of, you know, train people up, get some practice and learn, and then eventually, you know, be able to, Kind of, you know, take something for ourselves one day, whether that's probably or somewhere else. Uh, Sovnol is still our big goal. Yeah, the region of Pravi is a little bit difficult to get practice because they they are such a big group, right? So, like, 
sometimes people like accuse him of blobbing or whatever, but it's not like you can picture yourself yourself as an FC, right? And there's a group in your space and you ping for a fleet. You can't just like say, right. okay, I'm capping this at 15 dudes because we don't want to blob them, right? It doesn't doesn't kind of work like that. So yeah, you know, in general, you know, you just take as much as you get, and so yeah. But you know, yeah, there's other regions in the space uh, that you might be interested in. Like I still think the north is very interesting. You know, the Venal Vale of Silence, that kind of area up there, but um, just small it games is, and yes. stuff to play around with. But um, yep, I. I've been looking there when we actually a while back, we kind of, you know, we took an evaluation for ourselves and we said, all right, are we ready for null? And, uh, you know, ultimately the answer at the time was no. Uh, but, you know, we were saying, all right, if we were to go somewhere, what are some options? That was one of the ones we kind of looked at just because you do have those smaller groups who are still kind of, you know, they'll, they'll fight each other. They'll provide a lot of content. Uh, it's interesting and you can actually get some pretty healthy experience and a little bit more, I guess, uh, equal, equal fights. In some of those areas yeah i think we talked with you guys um a while back now um i think when ron was still on the show right and he was trying to convince you to come come <laughs> legacy side uh yeah yeah he told me he told me to talk with tests uh and to talk with test diplos if i needed anything and but but yeah we and we talked a little bit but yeah is that uh big block that got you sh- shied away or uh yeah, well. this, I mean, to some extent, like we, we want to try to build something that's a little bit unique as far as atmosphere goes. Uh, and, you know, and also just it's fun to try and do your own thing. And so, you know, that's something that we're still still working on, still doing. Uh, and we're we are enjoying that. It's been a really, really good if, you know, if very difficult process. Uh, but, yeah, we, we kind of we saw the big block and we looked at that as an option and we just decided, you know, we would probably lose our identity and get absorbed if we were to, you know, join a big block and we, we want to keep doing our own thing. Yeah. And no, I, I totally hear you on, on that. I mean, it is difficult um, to keep yourself when you become a big, people will just refer to you as, as legacy. Right. Um, right. Right. Which is kind of difficult, but uh, so the, so since the last we spoke, your, your um, goal is still Sovnal, um, but you're kind of hanging out in those sec right now. What's the atmosphere like in Losec right now? Is there content for you there at all besides the Pravi stuff? Like, can you roam up to the northern parts of maybe the Minbatar War Zone or anything and, and get any sort of? Because I know like dock workers are up there, and I know you're probably. I don't know if you're officially blue to Wrecking Crew or any of their allies. Uh, right. I mean, we we've like had some, you know, some minor standings here and there. Um, uh, I know, like we are blue with some, but it it kind of varies a little bit. Uh, there's, <laughs> like I said, they they definitely maintain their independence a lot. Yeah, so like I know dock workers is up there. Uh, are they able to provide you any content from a low sec uh, standpoint? Uh, like we we could head up there, um, but honestly, we've actually gotten a little bit more content like popping through. Uh, wormholes and things like that into nullsec areas and we've had a lot of fun with that sort of thing because i mean you know they spawn every once in a while and it's a good roaming opportunity so uh, we've uh, like most of our smaller content that's actually been one of the best things for it yeah that's a very wrecking crew thing to say so like uh you're you wearing off on you a little bit now wrecking crew makes big use of uh wormholes to get their their content and they uh so, so actually, uh, one of our our last PVP director in my alliance, he was a, an ex uh, snuffed out Volta guy, and he there was one go. of the ones who who really pushed for you know a lot of that. And so we kind of started to adopt it a little bit. Um, that's and my alliance probably does that more than 
uh, more than others in the area. But that's that's one of our better ways to find interesting content. Yeah, wormholes. I don't know. Like a lot of people complain that it's broken. That you can really be if you set up right, you can get to anywhere in New Eden in like ten to fifteen minutes of work if you like find yourself a nice C two with a null static and just roll it. Like Volta mm-hmm. does that in Thera, um, and a bunch of groups do that. Um, but I think it's a great way to shrink down space, right? And um, we do it quite often too. We 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 do too much whaling through it, but a lot of times, like we love the north, so we'll find that hole and go north a lot. Like get up into the venal where Veil is silent. Um, it's definitely a good tool. What about the filaments? You've been using any of the filaments? We have, yeah. And filaments have been fantastic. Uh, you know, of course, you know, whatever you take into a filament, you expect to not bring back. Uh, so uh, so we kind of, you know, work around that. It's come up with some really neat little doctrines and changes. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, we've tried out lots of different ships and we're still trying out more. But filaments have been a great way uh, for us to find, you know, content. Uh, and it's it's not super expensive for it either. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, filaments are probably one of the best things CCP has come up with in years. Right, because you said uh, it's a one-way trip. Basically, what you're undocking in is something that's disposable, which to in other groups see as bite-sized. Right, so you're going to show right. up at a 15-man, I don't know, T1 cruiser fleet, and people are going to be like, "Oh, I don't need to like drop the hammer on that. I can just beat it with my solo battleship." Sometimes, you know, you they get those guys that will come out and like give you a a fun fight and. Um, I really love the filaments. It really has encouraged people to go, just go out and do something. Um, and for the people sitting in their space to respond accordingly. Um, it doesn't always work out, but very often you'll see groups that are typically known for like just punching you in the face with supers actually undock something and, and fight you with it. Absolutely. And yeah, that's, that's one. I mean, there are occasions where, you know, we've ended up into, you know, different areas of dull where we do get blobbed really, really quick. And at that point, it's just like, you know, props to the response team (laughs) for, for hitting us that fast. Uh, But uh, there have been other times where, you know, we've got guys who maybe took out some interesting doctrines like remote rep vexers uh, and, you know, just are at each other for, the entire, you know, fight or set of fights. And you have people in much larger ships trickling in that they're able to take down and keep going. But it's just fascinating stuff that you, you know, you couldn't always get to work, but it just happens to work really well in this situation uh, and in something disposable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you just get some fascinating stuff with them. I did want to get your opinion on some of the changes that have, have come through recently, too, and how they may affect your group. Um, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Specifically, like, what about all the surgical strike stuff lately? Um, does anything like that affect your doctrines, like the reduction in resist mods? Uh, anything like that uh, concern you? I, I did have one group say, well, you know, a lot of smaller groups rely on that um, high resistance, able to receive reps to fight upwards. Have you noticed anything like that? So uh, I would say, yeah, to some degree, you know, even some of our fittings, you know, we try to make the most out of them as possible because we're a smaller group. Um, so that's definitely going to, you know, probably have some sort of a hit to us. Um, to some extent, you know, once you reach a certain, I guess, a number past what you're bringing to the table, it really doesn't matter that much. Now it might be, maybe matters a little bit less. And with what we've been up against, you know, with, uh, you know, pretty regular three to one odds, four to one odds, you know, with Pravi, it's really not going to, you know, change the results of that, you know, too much if we just, if we were to stay in fight. 
and not you know not play it a little bit more like nano or more guerrilla warfare. Uh, so I, I think that for us, that part doesn't have as much of an impact, at least on a you know coalition doctrine level. Now on an alliance level, we have been you know developing some new doctrines, trying to play around with you know some like the T two close range changes, um, doing uh, you know just lots of interesting things with some of the buffs and and, and nerfs, trying to. Uh, really just kind of take advantage of them first if we can see if they're really viable try and make some new strategies around them uh but yeah we're we're playing around with that as an alliance more so than anything else and if they work really well we may try to escalate them to a coalition level do you find that it's easier to kill stuff as a small group like do you ever run into like a brick tank something and you're like damn i just can't break this or is it easier to kill oh, well, stuff I mean, now? yeah i mean if you're using like you know tech two close range ammo you know, for sure. the The big thing that I've noticed is that your smaller ships uh, can do so much more. You know, so you already had a, a pretty good. Uh, so for me, I love flying small stuff personally. Uh, big fleets they can be really cool, but I love you know little things, whether it's frigates or you know cruisers. Cruiser size and down is great. Um, so what I found is really the smaller stuff can do so much more damage and you can take out more with it. Now your tank, you know, can't necessarily survive much longer. Uh, it, you're going to have to pick and choose your fights based on you know, the damage application, what you're up against. But uh, as far as the damage you can put out, you can break tanks if you've got just a few people instead of having to have, you know, twice, well, not quite twice as many, but you can break the tank and possibly within your survival time and get a good kill on something nice uh, more often than you could before. Yeah, I do need to pause, and I'm going to butcher this name, but Paladin Templar. Paladin Templar, uh, thank you for the Tier 1 subscription. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so also, you said you like smaller ships, but uh, CCP's really been trying to show the battleship some love. Um, yes. With warp speed upgrades and you know everything else. The resistance mod's got a hit, but the, the battleship hull is getting a little bit of a you know, whole buffer um, pump and, you know, just uh, scan resist improvements and like uh, frigate bays. Is there, is any of that interest to you? Like, what do you think of the frigate bay? I think the frigate bay is going to be really niche, uh, but I think that you're going to end up with, you know, large fleets. I mean, to, to me, the best use for it is to drop uh, some sort of electronic warfare in it. Uh, if you're using battleships in a fleet, you know, you kick one of those out when you die. Hopefully you jam out one or two things, you know, and then maybe you turn the tide in your favor. But I think that just depending on how things work, it could just end up with a slower fight, not necessarily with uh, the fight shifting in a direction. Uh, but it also may depend on, you know, if you're up against two battleship fleets, that might be the case. If it's a battleship fleet versus a mutant fleet, it might be a little bit more interesting, I guess. Uh, but, you know, larger null combat uh, is something that I'm still fairly new to myself. Um, and so I really can't speak on that a whole lot. But... You know, whenever it comes to maybe smaller gang stuff, I think battleships are always going to run to the issue of if you end up with something that is much more mobile than you and still puts out tons of damage, you're still going to run into issues. Yeah, like the heavy assault cruiser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a reason it's still so strong and, you know, it's still a main, a main fleet option. Yeah, I mean, uh, CCP kind of took a, a swing at the more popular um, hacks. Uh, well, one hack, right, the Munin. Specifically, have been trying to whittle down a little bit, and then like the T three cruiser, like the Loki, extremely strong, took a power hit. Bullships, in my opinion, still pretty viable and would give battleship comp a rough time. Um, but I do see, from my standpoint, these changes sort of shifting people off closer to armor 
and like control mids. You see that? Like the, the, we have this emergence of the sacrilege fleet. Like, you know, <laughs> right, right. I ran into it up north and then adopted it as a doctrine myself a few months ago. And now I see it going from where it was pretty viable as a small to medium gang ship because you have all those mids for Ewar. So now I see big fleets flying them. And in fact, even Wrecking Crew, I, I saw flying them over their, their loved zealots. Like, what do you think of that meta shift? Is that better, worse than Munin? Oh, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I, I'd really like to see what the results are. Um, and uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be worse. I think that if you're, you know, if you've brought down the power level of something to where other ships can actually see play, I think that's ultimately a good thing. Now, you know, whether all of those ships still need to be brought down some, or if there need to be more adjustments to other ships and bring them up a little bit, you know, that's 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 different. But I think that if if any of the changes are creating more variety uh, in what's viable, then I think that they've probably been pretty good changes overall. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the the shift to Ewar. I mean, it's it's a pain in the neck, um, but it adds an element to a fight that. Yeah, you know, I was getting very bored, and I think even General is getting very bored with the artillery meta, right? Where you're just like yes. lining up old colonial war style uh, and just volleying each other until you call one side down enough where they can't volley you anymore. Like, there's no, not a whole lot of gameplay there. I mean, I think people like Elo would do it very well because you'd be able to like chase and do some maneuvering, but at the end of the day, it was just N minus one, man. And like, if you just didn't have enough to overcome their volley, you, you weren't going to win the fight. Um, I think this shift uh, puts Lodgy back in the game a little bit because mm-hmm. that, that volley meta, your Lodgy pilots are kind of bored. Like They would just watch their targets disappear before they can rep them. <laughs> right. um, so now you've got this this meta for E-War, uh, lower volley, even lower DPS. The Sacrilege is sort of anemic on DPS, really. like Tops out at like 400 DPS, which isn't a lot. Um but then you, you also got the nerf to the facts. What do you what do you think about those um, and the impact there? Only one cap booster. Right, right. I mean, so from what I've seen, uh, obviously you have, um, I believe it's the Nanazu. I haven't I haven't flown facts, but uh, I believe it's the Nanazu that's really hit really hard by it. Uh, and then you know wormhole groups are going to have <laughs> a really interesting time trying to solo solo facts now. Um, but I think that you know one thing that we've seen, and this has been brought up on other. Uh, TI shows as well, I think, is uh, just that it's used a lot of times in smaller groups to be able to... It's like the I win button. Well, it is a lot of times, but it's also the, you know, I don't have to have six to eight logi. You know, I can have this one thing and have more DPS, uh, which, you know, is, is it's fine. It's great for smaller groups, but I think in general, if you're up against a group your size or a larger group, um, you know, that's up against you, especially a larger one, Facts may not make that much of a difference because the enemy side can probably drop facts too. So I don't know. Uh, now, of course, I haven't been in a whole lot of smaller scale fights, you know, to see this always play out. But I would imagine that that facts generally just made it to where it was an overwhelming win instead of, you know, maybe a more balanced fight or an okay win. I could be wrong on that, but no, I think that the the hit to the cap booster was exactly what it needed. It makes it a much less viable uh, subcap logi ship. Um, it'll perform yes. a lot better in a larger scale fight um, where not a bunch of little things are dying all the time, or you're being swarmed by you know 50 frigates with newts on it and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of like that that they're they've shoved the facts away from that small gang subcap, 
and uh, more emphasis on cruiser logi and subcap logi and ewar and yeah someone in the chat said the serb is king right now yeah the cerberus is also a good ship but i see a lot of people um you know leaning towards the side of the armor hack again like that sacrilege is so good with those mids man you know you could load tracking disruptors jams missile disruptors missile computers the sack is so versatile you can brawl you can fight from range it's you know quickly becoming the the flavor of the month i think yeah for sure i mean yeah and it can actually it can kind of survive some of the newer changes <laughs> a little bit better than some other ship yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, I do think that, um, uh, you know, like I said, with the with the fax changes, uh, larger scale stuff, not something I've been super involved in in the past. So uh, my my relationship to fax is fairly new <laughs> uh, myself. Um, but I, I still think it's going to be really interesting to see how things shift. And I know a lot of people were upset about the fax changes, uh, but my view on balance is generally, unless it's completely killing, you know, the capacity to use something. Uh, maybe it just has to be used a bit differently. It's not necessarily a bad balance change. No, I think this was definitely firmly a role change. Yeah, a lot of people used it to fight up, yes. Um, and like you said, they used it so they can just feel the whole fleet of DPS. Um, but maybe that wasn't the best spot for it. Um, sure. The, the last change I wanted to talk to you about is like you're as an aspiring group to take Solvnal, um, what do you think of mining changes recently and the whole starvation period? Is that, I know you're PVP focused space, but one of the things people do in, in null is, is, is mine, mine those, the spot, right? Is, does that turn you off at all to the idea or like, uh, are people upset? So it's, it's, all, it's a really interesting mixed bag. So, uh, as it is, as a smaller group, we don't have, you know, the massive stockpiles that larger groups do. Um, but we're already faced with the same limitations that they have. So, you know, the, the mineral changes are actually something I put a whole lot of thought into uh, because even though, sure, like we do a lot of PVP, like I said, my alliance started out as high sec indie and we still have maintained a pretty strong industry backbone. So, you know, these changes definitely have a huge impact on us. Uh, I know they've had a huge impact on other groups as well. And uh, <clears throat> important thing, you know, I tell everybody, in our group is, you know, just remember, everyone else is having to deal with these two. It's not just us. Everyone's going to hurt at some point. But I think that ultimately, it's going to be a really, really cool thing. I think that we're going to see more of a shift to uh, more nomadic mining styles for people who really want to get the most out of everything. Uh, and I think that, of course, it, a lot of this is going to depend on how CCP finishes this up with the dynamic changes that they're talking about. Um, but I think ultimately, it, it could be a very good content driver and at the very least it's definitely going to make you know just sitting in the same system mining all the time i think that's going to start to go away or at least lessen a lot yeah and uh just to answer if you came in late i'm interviewing martin lockhart of hardly competent and do people fly ishtars these days they do but it's sort of slipped to um maybe b tier even because you know, you got the Sacrilege, which is the flavor of the month, but also the Zealot is very strong at the moment um, for an armor hack. So between those two, um, the Ishtar still has the problem of its main weapons being drones, which is very easy to smart bomb, defang. Um, a lot of fleets struggle with varying degrees of drone control range that your fleet members might have. Um, like I see this all the time where half your fleet can control to 70, half of them can control to 55 and you're, you're not really effective. So 
Yeah, Ishtar suffers a little bit as compared to the other boats right now. What do you mean, who? His name is Martin Lockhart from Hardly Confident. <laughs> you should definitely look them up. Very active group in uh, LowSec at the moment, uh, working with Wrecking Crew. And I think you'll see them pop into Null uh, at some point. Wait, do you have your eye on a region yet? or? Uh, we're, uh, we're definitely still keeping our options open. Uh, training our guys is really important to us. Uh, getting new bros more into things first. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of people that we want to train up before we do too much. So at, at this point, the political landscape could completely change you know, before we're ready to take off. We'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's the 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 charm of the midweek show, guys. Like, you know, you know we cover the, the the smaller groups, the up and comings, the the future, the ones you might want to um, recruit yourself into if you're an up and coming player and want to be on the ground floor of something. Uh, speaking of which, are you you're obviously recruiting, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And you know, so you know, for us, one really really important thing for us is attitude and atmosphere. Um, we do try to maintain more of a positive atmosphere internally. Uh, and we do try to, you know, our mindset is really to take care of people. We want people to, you know, feel comfortable to make mistakes and then to learn from those mistakes and improve. I do think that that's the way forward. And I think that a lot of really long-term EVE players can get caught up in, you know, oh, you have to be really good right away or, you know, you need to just leave. And I've seen plenty of people who, after a large loss, they've just said, oh, you just need to kick that person. You know, they don't deserve to, to be here anymore. And to me, that that gets rid of a you know potentially very very valuable person uh, from your you know alliance or your corporation or or whatever. Uh, I think that person just needs to be trained up and worked with. So that's something that we we really try to uh, you know take care of our guys. It's something we push for. Um, we expect, like I told you earlier, you know, a failure is the first step to success. Uh, for for a lot of <laughs> that's not always the case, you know, but uh, for us, that's the mindset that we'd like to have. And we're definitely trying to take people in, more corporations, you know, more people who are interested in trying to build something a little bit fresh, uh, maybe something that, that is uh, anti-bitter vet uh, in some ways, uh, that is, you know, trying to kind of get off the ground floor in a very, very established game where, you know, everything is very established. We're doing something that's not easy at all. And a lot of people I understand do not want to put that kind of effort forward, but that's what we're wanting to do, and uh, you know we're enjoying it right now. Yeah, where can people find you? You have like a public Discord or an in-game channel? Uh, we don't have. Uh, the, honestly, they can. We do have a diplomacy channel in-game, so they can hop into. It's um hardly competent diplomacy, and they can just join that channel in-game. Honestly, let me. <laughs> I'm actually going to open that up real quick and make sure I said it right. Uh, but <laughs> if they do a search, if they do a search for our alliance in-game, hardly competent. You know, our our diplo channel is linked in there. No, sir. Not a propaganda stream. We're just covering stories and uh, and things that are going around New Eden that that don't get the mainstream play. Uh, definitely not propaganda. We cover a different group every week. I think generally, you know, for smaller groups at least, uh, you guys seem to do. You know, you guys seem to usually let people, you know, talk a little bit about themselves in the end of it. It's not propaganda. It's just, you know, part of letting other groups kind of shine through the larger ones right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Eve is in a live place, and uh, and big block null warfare gets the the news, the media, and the the glory. But there is so much other stuff going on all around New Eden that you don't see. Um, you know, diplomatic uh, drama on smaller levels. Uh, you know, little groups breaking their way. You know, you got Martin here has worked his way through high sec war decks into low sec. 
and then looking to make the next step in the null sec, which is sort of like the classic Eve progression. Um, and it's fascinating to hear what it takes to go there, you know, and, and that's the kind of stuff we try and bring to light on this stream. Um, yeah. Okay. We got a few more minutes left. Uh, you know, we always like to close the stream with, uh, something that you may not know about Eve online, but before we do that, is there anything else you wanted to cover or mention about your group or what you got going on? Anything we, we missed? Uh, I, I think that everything has mostly been hit. I'm, I've been waiting on one of my guys to send me a message to be like, you didn't talk about this. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that we probably hit just about everything. Um, and uh, yeah, that's basically it so far. Um, and I'm going to let you go first on the, <laughs> on the, uh, the fun fact about Eve. Yeah. I, I, I like done so many of these shows now. I've done literally like, you know, 50 of them probably. So I don't, don't know that I have one prepared. I've listened to a lot of TIS, so honestly, <laughs> I've heard a lot of the ones that uh, have already been brought up on the show, and uh, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like uh, that that would have been a good one. That would have been a good one." I was thinking about it today. Um, so uh, yeah, honestly, I don't have I don't have a great one either. In this case, I think y'all have brought up some really good ones. My my favorite is still the the micro warp drive uh, cloak trick for haulers, but uh, but that gets brought up, you know, it seems like at least a couple times a year. So. Yeah, the good old MWD cloak trick. You know, I for years I mined in high sec, <laughs> um, and that's okay. how I made my first few billion. Right, I, I built up a little mining fleet, and back when IS Boxer was a thing, I used to do that, and I would haul like a billion isk worth of my compressed ore and a T1 Miasmos all the way through high sec to Jitta. And people are like, "You've never gotten ganked?" I'm like, "No, man, because you just MWD cloak." And they're like, "What the heck is that?" I'm like, it's easy. <laughs> Put an MWD and a, and a prototype cloaking device on your Miasmos. When you jump through the gate, you align to where you're going. You click your MWD on. You click your cloak. Once your MWD is about to end cycle, you shut off your MWD. You decloak and you warp right off. Yep. Um, it's a little trick to get you up to warp speed faster because the, the cloak actually acts like a web. It kind of reduces your maximum speed, which gets you into warp faster, which is... A really neat, neat trick. But I, I used to do it in Miasmos. I'd go like 20 jumps across high sec. And people are like, you're going to get ganked doing that? And like, it never happened. Never. No, it's great. And you can do it in low sec too. Not going to work as well in null necessarily because of bubbles. But in low sec, yeah. yeah. But, you know, low sec, it can work great. I remember at one point when, when we were in Sagain, you know, there's a, um, there's a station over there where a lot of asset safety stuff goes to. And uh, there were... A couple of guys, actually, it was one guy with his alts coming through and bestowers hauling stuff in and out. Um, and uh, we tried to catch him for forever. And uh, this was around the time that I actually learned about the trick. And he would just, you know, he would do the exact same thing. He would always warp off before we could ever, you know, catch him. Um, and of course, we weren't going to be able to, well, we, we weren't able to bump him at the time to be able to knock him out uh, and, and keep him from warping. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It works really well. I eventually recruited him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and NullSec, it's still a thing, um, even in a bubble, um, because you can coast and uh, make it hard for them to decloak you. And also, yes. if you use an Ocular, you could fit you know, a micro jump drive or a medium micro jump drive and uh, boost yourself out of the bubble and then cloak up while you're lining out. Um, so there's, there's options in NullSec for those tricks, too, to survive. Uh, definitely, yeah. It's just it's not quite as guaranteed as it would be in others, but definitely. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you having you back on the show and talking about um, your group. I hope you do eventually find your way out to 
a null spot and, uh, and stake your claim at some point. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you having me on the show. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy listening to it and being on it's fun. I appreciate it. So yeah, people are asking when the next podcast is. Uh, Talking Stations has a bunch of different shows. Uh, you can catch Matterall daily uh, during the day U.S. time zone. He covers pretty much all the breaking news stuff. So if there's patch notes that dropped or big fight that happened, uh, you can catch up on all the breaking stuff then. Then there's the Sunday show, um, which covers uh, some of the bigger type news and bigger personalities. Then my show every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern time, which is 23.59 Eve time, just before the, the clock turns. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us today on, on Talking in Stations. I will see you next week. <laughs>